Hello, everyone. I'm Holly Pennebaker, and you're listening to a new episode of HCI's 9 to Thrive HR. This podcast features experts and practitioners in the field of HR and brings their knowledge of the most pressing issues facing talent management straight to you. We talk about the current industry problems, but most importantly, solutions you can use in your organization. For example, coaching in the workplace is critical and it's directly connected to employee engagement and productivity. HR professionals must know how to have tough conversations, how to motivate and support employees, and how to create action plans that drive behavior change. Here to talk about infusing coaching into the feedback process, we have executive coach Karen Hutchinson of Ernst & Young. Karen will deliver much more on this topic at HCI's 2018 Performance Coaching and Development Conference, coming up May 17th through the 18th in Chicago. Welcome, Karen. How about telling our listeners more about your background and experience? Hi, and thanks for having me. Sure. I work as a full-time executive coach uh, at EY, as you mentioned, and um, when I'm not coaching uh, executives one-on-one, the work that I do is around infusing a coaching culture uh, into the firm. So taking a little bit of what we do and what we know as executive coaches and making it available to everyone by really teaching that skill set to our leaders. Sounds like a great position you have going there. And so we know. Sure is. Awesome. Glad to hear it. So we know EY is a leader in global professional services. Karen, what have you found to be the principal elements that help leaders drive agility and workforce performance? Well, at EY, what we're seeing is that there's a different form of leader that is um, finding greater success given all the complexity and ambiguity and the rapid changes in technology in the, in the current working world. The type of leader that is thriving in that environment is more purpose-driven and more curious than other leaders. And those are the, really the foundational aspects of that agility that you point to. So these are leaders, uh, in our observation, who ask better questions than everyone else does. So as opposed to being a leader who has all the answers, these are the leaders that have all the best questions, those that generate new thinking, that spark creativity, and probably most important, create trust and uh, meaningful conversations. And that is a practice that we have dubbed leading with questions. Um, leading with questions is actually it's like the fundamental distillation of what it means to do what I do as an executive coach. Like if you boil that down to its very simplest elements, what you're doing is um, pausing for a moment to really just think about what's the purpose of this conversation and connect with that. And before you decide to lead in with your point of view, to consider whether there might be a question or two that you want to ask uh, that provokes a deeper conversation, provokes more th- um, a more thoughtful dialogue. And we would call that a better question. And then as a third aspect, just listen fully to the reply. So whereas we might normally have a default of listening until we can get a chance to talk or listening so that we can uh, make a point, this would just be listening with curiosity about what's going on for the other person, so fully being engaged in hearing them as they reply, and then repeating that cycle for a conversation. 
Those sound like great principles, and they also sound like ideas to practice if you really want to be fully present in the conversation as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it is about being fully present in a conversation, and it's also about going in with an intention uh, that we've thought about in advance so that we can have a greater uh, likelihood of getting the outcomes that we want from that conversation. That would apply to meetings, that would apply to conversations at home, that would apply to one-on-one discussions with uh, people who might be working with us or might be our teammates, and it would apply certainly um, at EY to conversations that we have with our clients um, and and really co-creating solutions with our clients. So it works everywhere. Yeah, great stuff. So let's talk more about EY. The EY leading with questions model seems like a simple and effective way to help managers authentically make connections and drive engagement. So Karen, could you share how you rolled out this initiative and some of your outstanding results? Yeah, I think one of the actually the most important things to point out is that we have not approached it as an initiative. Um, what it is is it's a leadership practice that was already emerging. So if you look at what some of our best leaders are doing, the ones who are the most successful with clients, the ones that are the most successful with our people, um, the hallmark of our most successful leaders is this. So what we've done is decided to accelerate it by naming it in this way and breaking it down into its simplest elements and then embedding it into all the different places in the firm where people learn how to be leaders. So, for instance, um, there was a realization that the performance management system that the firm was using just didn't serve today's leader or the emerging leader of tomorrow. Um, And so there's a recognition that that needed to evolve into something that was more aspirational, more future-focused, and anchored by these kind of feedback-rich conversations that leading with questions conversations tend to be. And so... Um, last year, like the, well, uh, I guess at the beginning of um, our fiscal uh, 2018, last July, um, the work began to update the entire performance management approach for the firm globally uh, to accomplish this. And leading with questions is the foundational mindset and skill set that we're asking our leaders to utilize as they engage in these career and performance and development conversations. And In terms of results, it's important to just, I mean, I feel like I'm probably going to end up saying this a couple of times, but leading with questions, it sounds simple. It is not easy. Um, It's a practice. And so as people practice this, they do experience the like it's a really profound way to transform a conversation. It might be as simple as as you begin just trying it once, like leading with one question before getting into your kind of default conversation mode. Um, But the more and more you do it, the, the more people are serving as role models and encouraging others. So what we're doing, if we were rolling anything out, it would be we do have a series of um, virtual workshops where leaders learn about leading with questions and they have a safe place to practice applying it. They're primarily practice-based. And we're purposely keeping the numbers of the workshops and the participants low because our launch philosophy is based on uh, Lodi, which is the law of diffusion of innovation. And the fundamental premise of that is we rely on word-of-mouth marketing as opposed to doing a big campaign or a push. And that is really growing quickly. So, um, So to date, we've had about 500 people go through our workshops. And the way things are pacing right now, by the end of the summer, we expect to have reached at least 4,500 people um, across North America with the approach. 
Well, it sounds like there is no doubt you'll make it. So really good advice there, Karen. And so speaking of advice, what would your top pieces of advice to HR colleagues be if they're trying to implement a similar system? Well, to be clear, we're still in the beginning of this. So um, I'm not quite ready to write the book yet, but there are a few fundamentals that we started out with um, on this journey that have served us really well. And we come back to them often when we're looking to make decisions. And um, one of the biggest is, I've alluded to this previously, is this is a habit that has to be developed over time. So realistic expectations with our leaders and stakeholders has been really important. Like, there is no four-hour workshop that is going to transform a leader. What you can do is ignite curiosity. You can get people launched, and you can begin to create community and role models. But what we can't do is expect that there's some um, kind of magic wand for this, um, because it's a mindset as well as a skill set and a practice. The second thing is attached to that, which is this is a habit that has to be developed over time. The second point is it has to be simplistic. So an excess of information and tools, that's what people are going to want right away. They're going to say, I want a checklist, I want the tools, I want the whatever, something tangible that I can give people. And when you flood people with too many tools and concepts, they just they end up um, tuning out. Um, so... We believe it's our job to model this, leading with questions, by staying curious and watching what lands with people and what's too much and fine-tuning on that basis. So if we just focus on the simple practice of asking better questions, that will be enough to have a ripple effect when it's role-modeled well. We don't go overboard with too much information and content in advance of people's readiness to start to absorb and practice it. So I guess lesson two is simplicity. And then um, the last advice I would give is around influential leaders. So finding the people who are invested and able to serve as role models and advocates for the bigger changes. So, for example, there's no way that we would have made changes to the whole performance management system uh, without uh, leaders in positions of influence who are really ready to make this a reality for EY. It's critically important to find those first adopters who are already um, living this, and their investment, their engagement, their sponsorship is the spark that ignites the flame for all of this, and that is going to end up creating it organically through the organization. So we, we really very much look at it as something, a movement that we fuel through our efforts versus something that, that we're pushing um, from HR uh, per se. Yeah, great points there. I can imagine that patience would be a big key to this too. And I like how you told everyone, you know, listening that it's not an overnight thing. You know, it is a mindset, it is a skill set, and it is a practice. So, you know, don't expect too much right away. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I'll just add to that to say that one of the things that has been the most fun, I mean, yes, it has required patience and the most fun has been living it, like actually practicing and seeing for yourself as an HR practitioner what kind of a difference it makes when we move away from I just have an answer for you into let me just take a breath and uh, what's this person really, why are they asking me this and what are they really after? Let me ask a few questions. I mean, work just becomes so much more interesting and things get done faster and with so much less effort. Um, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, great point. And it also goes back to the work smarter, not harder yeah. principle, which we all like too. So Karen, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. We appreciate you being here. 
Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So everyone, if you'd like to hear more from Karen, you can join us downtown Chicago for performance, coaching, and development excellence and expertise by registering online for our upcoming event. Head on over to hci.org. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed your time with us. You can find HCI on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on the YouTube channel HCI Talent. If you're listening on iTunes, please give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent-minded people discover the program. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI, we appreciate you for tuning in.